This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Derek Armstrong and Word of Grace Community Church. For more information, please visit WOGCC.com. I've been really excited about this series we've been in called Going to the Next Level. And it's been just such a privilege and honor to be able to just share direction with where it is that we believe God's calling us as a church to go. And let me tell you, if you have missed any of these, I would encourage you to go back and listen to them. If it's your first time here, it would also be a good thing for you to go back and listen to the rest of this series. You can do that on our website or on our app. And uh, just for the simple reason of if you want to know where this church is going, you want to know what this church is about, we've really tried to clarify that in these past few messages in this series. And we're going to continue that today as we wrap things up talking about going to the next level. So would you just bow your head with me for a moment and let's pray before we get into this word. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share this word with your church. And I just pray, Father, that as I share, I pray, God, you stir in us, Lord, exactly what needs to be stirred. Do in us what needs to be done. And we thank you for the results because it's all for you and it's all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking about growing to the next level in 2016 because Word of Grace is a growing church family of Christ followers that love God, love people, and serve the world. And we recognize that God's calling us to grow because we know that regardless of how good things are here, that we can't stay here. I've said this every single week of this series, that good may be uh, just um, this amazing place where we're at right now. It may be good, it may be fun, it may be exciting, whether that's in your personal life or whether that's in our church body, which we can testify to that and say God has really done some awesome things in us and through us as a church, and it's very exciting, but no matter how good that is, No matter how wonderful that is, we can't stay here. The temptation is to camp out. The temptation is to hit the cruise button. The temptation is to go, oh, let's just just stay here for a little while. No, we need to keep moving and growing forward because if we don't, we'll get complacent and we will be, uh, we'll get very comfortable and complacent and not challenged to grow. So the 2016 vision focus for Word of Grace is to grow to the next level. There's three specific areas that I believe God is calling us to focus on this year as a church family. And these three areas, I believe, will help us to grow as disciples and followers of Jesus. And for those of you who are in 180, those of you who are uh, in that middle school age and that junior high age that normally goes to hear Pastor Stephen teach, we talked about this and we said, do you think it'd be a good idea if we had that age group just stay in the service instead of go out this week just for the sake of you guys are a part. I don't care how young or old you are, you're a part of this church, amen? And guess what? You don't have to wait until you're an adult and until you're married or until you have kids or until you get a job to do something wonderful and effective for the kingdom of God. Amen? You can do something now, right now at the age that you are. And so the vision that God has for this church, we thought it would be important for you to be in here today because this is going to apply to you as well because we all need to grow. And there's three specific areas that God has called us to grow in. One of those is maturity. We're growing to the next level in maturity. And what that means is we're going to develop leaders. We're going to be investing in these things. We're going to be growing in the fundamentals of Christianity. That's prayer, scripture, and availability. We're going to strengthen our communication and our training. Those are some things we're doing as a church to be equipped to grow to the next level. Second 
thing we're going to grow to the next level in is family. And that means that we're going to grow in cross-generational mentoring. For us to truly be developing leaders, there has to be a deeper sense of family and trust and mentoring. And I talked about that a few weeks ago where we're going to also deepen community group engagement and where we're going to strengthen unity and value. And then lastly, we're going to grow to the next level in influence to where we're actually being equipped to evangelize, to share the good news of Jesus, to share the gospel. And then also we're going to create opportunities where we as a church family can serve our communities corporately and we're going to empower our community groups to really own their neighborhoods and serve their neighborhoods with love and with truth and just serve those people with the love of Jesus. It's going to be awesome. These are the things that I believe God is calling us and challenging us to grow to the next level in. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at this here real briefly. Normally my messages have a, a, a large amount of Scripture in them, and this one is going to be the only Scripture text that we're going to go off of today, so that's a little abnormal for the way that I normally teach and preach. But the reason that I want to camp out here on this Scripture is because it really says everything that I believe that we need to understand to grow to the next level here in Acts chapter 2. Now, let's set this up real quick before we read it together. Now, the Holy Spirit has just fallen, okay, in Acts chapter 2, and the birth of the church has happened, all right? Now, this New Testament church, empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out and to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ, to disciple one another, to care for one another, this thing has been birthed on this day, and this has been an incredible experience. The, the, the Holy Spirit fell, people began to speak with other tongues, and people were wondering what in the world's going on. So, Peter, the disciple of Jesus, he stood up in the middle of the crowd and explained what was happening so that way everybody would understand listen this was prophesied long ago that this was going to happen let me tell you so he began to explain about the things that were going to happen he began to preach then in that moment as he began to preach sermons people began to get saved people began to get empowered with the holy ghost people began to have these wonderful experiences of seeing miracles people began to have these awesome things happen where people were coming to christ and repenting people were being baptized it was an amazing time at the birth of the church and this was in the middle of this sermon that Peter was preaching, and this is how it goes in Acts chapter 2. Let's look at verse 42, and we'll read it out of the New Living. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. So this is what happened as a result of the birth of the church and Peter's sermon and everybody understanding what's going on and feeling this great sense of unity all focused around expanding the kingdom of God and doing what God had created them to do. They were empowered with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Verse 43, And a deep sense of awe came over everyone that was there. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place. They shared everything that they had. They sold their property and they sold their possessions. They shared the money from the sale of those things with those who were in need. They worshiped together at the temple every day. They met in houses for the Lord's Supper. They actually had communion in their homes. They shared their meals together with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And this is what happened as a result of all those things. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. As I look at this here, what I see is the priorities of these men and women who were followers of Jesus. 
because what they truly valued is going to come across in the way that they prioritize things. No one taught them to do this. No one said they needed to do these things. No one wagged their finger at them and said, this is how you need to do it. No, they did this because of where their values were. And they valued their relationship with Jesus. They valued what he did on the cross. They valued the sacrifice that he had paid. They valued this commission that he had given them. And so they aligned their priorities in such a way that it began to reflect their values because priorities are going to reflect what you really value. And that goes for any one of us, that our priorities reflect what's really important to us. It's not about what we say as much as what we truly value that's going to reflect our priorities. You can know what you should do. You can know what you're supposed to do. But what you actually do reflects where your heart's really geared towards. It reflects what you really value, what's really important to you. We can say all day long all of the right things that we've been trained to say and all the things we know we're supposed to say that are supposed to be important, all the things we should say, but what we actually do with our lives and how we actually invest our time, how we actually spend our time and how we use our gifts and our talents and our treasure and all the things that God has blessed us with, that really shows truly what we value because that's how we're going to prioritize our life. And we see what was happening in the life of the church at this time. So as we see all of these wonderful things that were happening, we see what was important to them. So for us to reflect that type of effective church ministry, that effective type of Christianity, we're going to have to value the things that God wants us to value and align our priorities so those things can be reflected in the way that we move forward. And that's what we're doing with our vision focus this year. You see, their priorities were to be devoted to teaching. Remember it said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and doctrine. They were devoted to growing and learning. They wanted teaching, and they wanted to make sure that they understood doctrine. Sometimes people think, oh, doctrine, that's for pastors and for you know, missionaries and people who are in pulpit-style ministry. No, these Christians devoted themselves to understanding doctrine, so that way, when all of these false teachers would try to come at them, they would be grounded and rooted in the truth. Because how many of you know that there's a lot of philosophies and a lot of thoughts in the world that would try to sway you from believing the truth? Amen? Amen. You have to be grounded in that doctrine. So they devoted themselves, the Bible said. That shows what they truly valued because their priority was, I'm going to devote myself to making sure that when the apostles teach and they explain this, that I'm taking this seriously. They just weren't coming to hear a good word and shaking Peter's hand afterwards saying, hey, Peter, good message. That's not what they were doing. They were actually devoting themselves to growing and learning this stuff because they knew that they would be challenged very, in very many ways to be able to see, do I really believe what I say I believe or what I think I believe? So they devoted themselves to teaching. They became solid in doctrine. They connected in fellowship. We saw that also in Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to hanging out with each other, to developing relationships. They were in one another's homes. It wasn't this cold relationship where I just want to kind of come in and sneak around, don't want to get close to anybody, and then I just want to exit out the back door. No, they devoted themselves to connecting relationally with one another. They wanted to be involved in one another's life because they genuinely cared about one another. That was part of their value system, so therefore their priorities reflected that. Also, they were people of prayer. You see that they devoted themselves to being people of prayer because they realized the importance and the value of praying, not only alone, but with others as well. And so they fellowshiped together. They were generous. You see that they were willing to make sure everybody was taken care of, so they did whatever it took 
to make sure that the group was taken care of. They sold stuff that they didn't need, and they wanted to make sure that the poor had uh, the things they needed. They wanted to make sure that those in their group that needed food had those things. They cared about one another. They did whatever it took. They were very generous. They were not close-fisted with anything in their life, whether it be their talents and their abilities or their treasure. They were sharing their lives with one another with generous hearts. We also see they were unified in sharing their faith. They were together. They said, we're on mission. We want to make sure people know about what Jesus has done because we see the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. People wouldn't be getting saved if someone wasn't sharing the gospel with them. So somebody was empowered to go out and to share the gospel. And that's what this healthy, thriving, vibrant church community did. And my mission today is not going to be to uh, try to guilt you into something. My mission today is not going to be to try to get you hyped up to go do something. My mission today is not going to be to wag my finger and tell you what you should be doing. I'm simply going to share what God is already doing and pray that what He has done and what He's going to do in us and through us is going to stir you to want to grow to the next level. And that's all we can do. So what I want to do at this time is I want to have our ushers actually pass out our vision document because we have these for 2016. If you'll remember, we did this in 2015. So what I'm going to ask is if they'd pass those out, just one per family at this time if we can. And if you need additional ones, you can get them on the way out at guest services. They'll be available there if you need more than one. By all means, you can have more than one just right now for our purposes. Let's just do one for family at this time. Now check this out. In 2015, we made sure that we wanted to write the vision down and make it plain, okay? The Bible instructs us to do that. This was the first year we did this was 2015. And the reason we did this is because we want to be held accountable for what it is that we say that we believe God wants to do. I mean, how easy is it just to say, well, we're a church, we believe God wants to do good things in us and through us. Amen, somebody. What does that mean? How do we know when we get there, right? We want to be able to measure that, and I'll tell you, I've been in church my whole life, and I want to see more accountability to where we say, hey, we're actually going to put effort towards doing some of these things, because some of these things in this document we created for last year, this 2015 document, some of those things, let me tell you, only God could do those things. It didn't matter how much human effort was put into it, only God could do them. But then there were some things in this document that required us to step up and do some things too, and we see that all throughout Scripture. Because you see where there were if conditional promises that God made. Because God's just not going to do all the things that He wants to do just because He wants us to respond. That's why He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and then I will heal their land, right? We see those promises in Scripture all throughout where He says if. So there are things where God just does things all by His big bad self. But then there are things also in Scripture where God says, I'm kind of waiting on you. I'm waiting on you to take that step of faith. I'm waiting on you to do something. And so we tried to make sure we stayed balanced in the things that we had to trust God for and only the things that He could do and then believe that He was going to work on the hearts of people to step up and to do the things that we need to do on our part. And so in 2015, what we did was we were really ambitious as a church family. We had 21 goals on page 5 of our vision document last year. And it was fantastic. 21 goals that we said, we're going to do these things in 2015. And guess what? We hit every single one of them, and they're either completed or they're in the process of being completed right now. And that's fantastic. 
That's really encouraging to see, wow, 21 goals that we said we want to be held accountable for these 21 things here on page 5 of last year's document. And we saw God do all of those things. So that's a testimony not only to our church but also to God that we, got, we caught the vision and we decided to run with it and see Him do absolutely amazing things. So this year we wanted to kind of continue going in that same vein by having a 2016 document as well, just for you to focus on. There's not 21 goals in here this time. <laughs> because we're in a different place as a church to where now uh, those things, we, we, we don't really need to have those things just to have them. We said, well, God, what do you want us to focus on this year? And this year I really felt God saying, I want you to grow to the next level, and I want you to grow in maturity, I want you to grow in family, and I want you to grow in influence. So here on page one, if you open up your document, you see a little mini-sermon <coughs> from Pastor Derek. And... Uh, that there is basically these four sermons on one page, so you don't necessarily have to read that now, but if you need a good reminder every now and then, that's going to be a great thing to remind you. How cool would it be if, say, six months from now, we have some new people come to church and they're wondering what we're about, and you're able to put something like this in their hand? That's a powerful tool for them to be able to go, this church is going somewhere, and we're not just talking about it. We actually want to be held accountable. We actually want to move forward as a church family, and this is what we're going to rally around to move forward together. The first page uh, next to that, you'll see maturity where we've explained that. And there, there's some really nice quotes from people and some really fun pictures in there where you can look and see uh, quotes from different people who have attended our church. And then on page uh, three, you'll see the family and you'll see Larry cooking some brats there on page three. So if you haven't eaten or you're wondering what you're going to have for lunch, maybe that'll stir you up a little bit, make you a little hungry. And then on page four, you see the influence piece with what I've been teaching so far as growing to the next level in. And then you'll see this quote here in the middle. I just want to stop for a minute and just point this out. You see on page four where there's that global word of grace there in the middle. In case you're wondering, what is that? That's our missions at Word of Grace. We use that verbiage, Word of Grace Global, because we don't want to give the idea that missions is something that those people do over there, and then we do what we do here. No, this is Word of Grace globally serving the world together. Even if we can't physically be there, we're still invested either financially or through prayer or both, or we actually go there on short-term mission trips. It's us together as a church family. And this is one of our partners that we support is uh, Remedy Church in Sheboygan. Um, how many of you uh, know Remedy Church in Sheboygan? If you don't, it's a cross from what used to be the old Boston store where they tore that down and also the library there downtown. It's right there kind of on that corner. Um, and it's just a, a great church. We love Remedy Church. We love Pastor Bob. And we support that church. And they support us. We do a lot of cool things together. You know, our Trek program that we have here at Word of Grace, we offer it on Tuesday nights. Guess what? Remedy offers it on Wednesday night. And some of you actually attend Remedy's Trek. And some people from Remedy actually attend our Trek on Tuesday. Especially families who have young children. And perhaps they can't always find a readily available sitter. And so what they'll do is that mom will watch the kids one night. And while dad goes to Trek at Word of Grace. And then the other night mom will go while dad watches the kids at Remedy. So it's a wonderful partnership and we look forward to doing more things like that with Pastor Bob. And he gave us a little quote here. I asked him if he would say something good about us. So uh, he didn't have to think too long. <laughs> um, I love Pastor Bob. He's, he's one of my best friends. I, th I think very highly of him. He said this. He said, the word of grace ministry demonstrates a kingdom-minded vision. The partnership we have as churches, pastors, and friends, I believe, glorifies God and blesses our communities. I just think that's just such an awesome thing to be able to do. I think that's the way it should be, amen? amen? Where we're doing things together. I think that shows unity to our community, and I'm a poet and didn't know it. All right. 
So go ahead and turn over to page five, and we'll look at this here together. Page five. We want to go over these 2015 celebrations. This is the really exciting part here. Man, our church became debt-free in May of 2015. How cool is that? Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love that our church became debt-free in May of last year, and that was a great deal doing with uh, your giving and your faithfulness. So thank you for that, as well as people just catching the vision that, hey, we don't want this uh, building payment. We uh, purchased this facility back in early 2002, 2003. This used to be an Austin's grocery store, and our church at the time was blessed to purchase this building for $50,000, which means it needed a lot of work. (laughs) And so through the giving of our church family, as well as through opening up uh, a loan with a local bank, we were able to borrow some of the funds to be able to make the facility what you see today. And we have been paying on that since 2003 from all of the renovations to make a former grocery store a church. And it's just been an amazing journey to see how God has provided every single step of the way and how where we are today is just a testimony of his goodness. It's a testimony of the people of God getting uh, and catching the vision and jumping on board and making this thing happen Uh, because a lot of you have had hands in in putting up sheetrock and painting walls and doing wiring and setting things up and tearing things down and part of helping making purchases happen as we've remodeled and as we've updated or even in the initial construction of this facility. Man, what a great testimony of the people of God catching a vision and running with it. Man, we're sitting in this room today because people got a hold of vision and now we're sitting in this building debt-free because people got a hold of vision. So thank you for that. That's very encouraging. Number two, which I think is more exciting than any debt payoff would ever be, 30 baptisms and 23 child dedications. I, that, that, that just really excites me to see that number because people stepped forward and said, I want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and I want to go through water baptism. And you guys saw the moving videos that we put on throughout the year. And if you haven't seen that, I would encourage you to go to our website and watch those. Man, I still get stirred up when I watch those baptisms videos. Every one of them are just so powerful. And man, I'm just going, wow, it's, it's just amazing to see what God has done uh, in our church family. About 75 went through the next move. We didn't have an exact number because our record keeping uh, kind of got messed up a little bit throughout the year. So part of that's a guesstimate, but we're pretty sure it's, it's close to being accurate. The next move is our new members class. And uh, man, we're going to kick that off on February the 6th again here. Uh, so if you're looking to go through our membership class, or if you're just curious, you want to know more about the church, you're not quite ready to commit, but you want to know more and you like what you see, or you're just uh, curious, come to that class. That's where I answer questions. And I've actually retooled the class, and it's going to be great. I'm really excited about it. So that's February the 6th. After the second service, it'll be at 1230. We provide a little meal and child care and everything to make it just as easy as you can. It'll be about 45 minutes to an hour is how long the class will go. So we'd love for you to be a part of that. Or if you're already a member, you're like, huh, I want to check that out. Come on, come check it out. I mean, come get some food, you know. <laughs> that, that, that should be enough. I'm here to hear Pastor Derek. Uh, <laughs> Another thing that we did is we launched our new website and our mobile app. We have a mobile app for our church that you can download if you have a smartphone, either Android or if you have an iPhone, you can get that app, and it is kind of a hub of all the things that we have here at Word of Grace. It's a hub of uh, all of the Facebook posts that we do, of all the videos, all the sermons. There's a prayer wall on there where you can actually request prayer, and we as a staff, every Monday morning, we not only go through the prayer request cards that you physically fill out with a pen and paper, and we pray over those, but we also, we go 
go through the app and we actually scroll through those and commit to pray for those and pray for the requests that you put on the app. So people are looking at that and they are praying. And you as a church can go on there and begin to pray over those things if you have that app as well. So if you don't have it, download it because, man, we've had such a great response from it. And I think it's just a great tool that God has given us. And also the website as well where you can go back and listen to any sermons and all that good stuff. Also, we purchased camera equipment for filming sermons, and Pastor Stephen is getting that team together, and we're looking to roll that out in February, where actually our services are going to be online via video. Man, we're pumped about that. It's going to be a really great tool, not only for you as part of our church family, but also it's going to be a great tool for evangelism that we can use to empower and equip people to go out and to share what God is doing here in our church family, and it's also going to be a great tool for our small groups. You see our giving and our total contributions, we always provide a breakdown of all of those things every year, and we'll be announcing that in the weeks to come, but you can kind of see how that money was spent. 79% of that went to general operations. You see that 12% went to global, that's missions. That means that out of the monies that came in, that 12% of that went right through our hands and went right back out into doing uh, the work of the ministry uh, that affects people that uh, are all over the world. I mean, that stuff went to Vietnam. It went to Haiti. It went to Mexico. It went locally here to ministries that are doing things. It went to Houston. It went all over the world as we were able to just be blessed to be able to give that money away to support those ministries or to help see those things happen. Really a great testimony there. Also, we were able to save um, uh, 5% of that this year because we don't have the debt. So guess what? We didn't just go, woohoo, we don't have debt anymore. What new toys can we buy? We didn't do that. We began to still be disciplined in our approach by taking that debt payment that we would have normally paid to the bank and begin to put that in a savings account. So we're still making quote-unquote building payments. We're just paying them to ourselves and uh, as a way to begin to build up a, a, a stronger uh, fund as well to just properly steward the things God has given us. So that way, uh, when there's opportunity, we'll be ready. Amen? And then lastly, 4% of that was our Momentum Project. If you, if you remember our Momentum Project, that was basically a building improvement fund where we were going to do some new things here at Word of Grace. And we've completed most of those projects, except for the Kids Wing, which Pastor Keith is going to be talking to us more about in the coming days and weeks as he is organizing how all of that construction needs to go and what we want those rooms to look like. Because we have the money there to do it. Now we just need to get the plan together, the strategy, and then organize the workers and make it happen. So it's going to be great. You see the Momentum Project was fully funded in August of 2015. We were trying to raise 20 grand, so we were overfunded in that. So thank you so much for catching that vision. We didn't actually launch the vision for the Momentum Project till the end of January, and then we saw it completely funded in August. So seven and a half, eight months after launching it, it was fully funded. Man, that's just super cool, you guys. I, I love it. So thank you so much for giving to that. God just did some amazing things in 2015. But in 2016, moving forward, looking at how we're going to accomplish the things God set before us on page six, we're going to create and begin to fund our new WOG Forward account for future growth and expansion. And that's that account where we're going to save that money and put those building payments towards. So whatever it is moving forward that God wants us to do, we will be ready for that. And we're investing in that already. Number two, we're going to set a financial goal, $500,000 for general operating expenses, significant investment in our children and youth ministry, and allocation of funds for future growth and expansion. Number three, we're going to fully staff 100 trained, passionate volunteers and leaders for our WOG Kids Ministries. And the church said, amen. Amen. All right. That's good. That's good. All right. All right. Sounds like I got it. 
So I'm like, we might have already hit that one. Um, so <laughs> number four, we want to fully staff 312 trained, passionate volunteers and leaders in preparation for a third Sunday morning service. We realize that our church is growing, and as you look around, you see that the empty seats become fewer and fewer, and that's a good thing. We really love seeing that's a great testimony, but we know that there's going to come a point in time where we're going to need to add a third service, and we're going to do that on a Sunday morning. And kind of what I'm thinking right now, just to let you into my brain, which is kind of a scary place, but I'll let you in there for, you know, it doesn't mean this is what we're going to do necessarily, but right now I'm kind of thinking that when we would shift to a third service, we would go with the 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock service. We'd have three different service offerings. But I'm not going to do that just because there's a need and we're running out of room because we've done that before where we move forward and we weren't ready to move forward. I would rather begin to build our volunteer base to be strong so that way when we do that, we're not wearing people out, okay? So what we said was we need to fully staff 312 trained, passionate volunteers to be able to make that happen. And that means that all of those people would be serving one time a month if we had that many people. So it would be you contributing one time a month in whatever area, uh, and that would be able to fully staff the whole church. And we have the people to be able to do that. We just need to catch the vision and get connected. So that's what we're looking to do in preparations for that. And if we don't hit that, then we won't move to a third service. It's, it's fine. Uh, I'm not set on just going after a third service and we're going to fudge and things like that. No, let, let's do it right. And let's make sure everybody knows what they're doing, make sure everybody's fully equipped and trained. That's part of us growing in maturity and making sure that that structure and communication and training is all in place. So when we move forward, we can do it well with excellence. Amen? Amen. We want to have 30 community groups, um, which we're moving towards that. That's going to happen. I'm not worried about that. Equip and release people for outreach and evangelism to our neighborhoods and communities. I'm very excited about that. And we're going to deepen the sense of family through providing regular opportunities for relational connections and strengthening our appreciation of one another. Those are our goals for 2016. If you'll look on the back, we have prayer focuses. Not only do I want you to pray for those things that were on page six, but I want you to include in your prayers these things. So if you, do, if you could, keep this in your Bible. Put it in your Bible. And when you go to pray, pull this out and just go through this list of things. And would you lift up these things before the Lord in prayer? And just say, God, I want to pray that we're going to have stronger families and marriages. I want to pray that single adults and single parents will find a godly mate. I want to pray that financial health and stewardship will abound in families. I want to pray that freedom from chains of addiction will be broken, that people will have a stronger relationship with Jesus Christ, that people need to recognize their need for Jesus and be baptized this year, that we need to grow in our understanding and application of Scripture, that there's wisdom for the pastors and the leaders, that we have growth and health for our church and other churches in our community. We pray for continued unity in our congregation. We want to pray for comfort and encouragement for those that are lonely. We want to pray for restored relationships. We want to pray for teenagers and children to grow in their love and knowledge of God. We want to pray for our military servicemen and women and their families. We want to pray for our local law enforcement, firefighters, and EMTs. And we want to pray that people will know and feel that they're valued by God. Not only do I want you to pray for the things that are on page six as our goal, but let's focus on these things this year and let's pray together as we're moving to that next level and growing to that next level. And there's something about growing to the next level that I want you to understand. When you grow to the next level, guess what happens? You change. Wow, this is really deep, right? When you grow to the next level, you change. But here's the thing that you may have missed, that your roles change as you grow. Your roles change as you grow. I'll tell you a story. I'm a part of a peer-to-peer advisory group of nonprofit Christian people who gather together once a month, and I pay to be a part of this, and we gather together once a month, 
and we help solve one another's challenges within our organization. And I'm working with people who are, who are doing things at a level that, man, I, I haven't been around and I'm not used to growing up in the church world. People who are running uh, things like, if you've ever heard of the National Christian Foundation, which last year uh, wrote grants of $2.6 billion to other uh, organizations and funds and things like that. I'm in the room with the leader of that and in the room with the person that's in charge of the Telling the Truth radio broadcast that's the radio broadcast of Pete and, uh, I mean, of Stuart, Pete, and Jill Briscoe uh, from uh, the Elm, Elmbrook Church. And seeing that that guy, the CEO of that's in the room, I'm seeing that there's people who are in charge of scholarship organizations, consulting firms, all sorts of different entities in there that when I first joined this group two years ago, I was super excited to be a part of, and I was just super challenged, and I was learning things left and right because I'd never been exposed to people in that type of a business setting. I've always been in church. I've never been exposed to a, more people who have had experience in corporate settings. And I'm the youngest person in the group, and I'm the least experienced person in the group. And, and I'm, at the time, I was the only pastor in the group. And here I am coming. Can't wait till next month. Super excited about going to my group because I couldn't wait to learn from these people. Couldn't wait to ask them questions about the things I was facing and the challenges I was having. I mean, I, I didn't even understand what these people were saying for the first, like, six months. Because they were talking on another level that I was just not used to talking. But when I began to learn those things, I began to be able to connect with these people better. And when I began to learn, it was challenging me. It was exciting. I was growing. I was coming back and telling everybody what I learned. I couldn't get, wait to get back and tell anybody who would give me time just what I had learned. I mean, if, if you were a random person in the church that day and I came back from my leader meeting, man, you were going to fall victim to what I just learned. I loved it. I was so excited. It was challenging me. You know what was happening? I was growing. I was challenged. It was very exciting. But what happened as a result of me growing? I changed. And then something happened about six months ago where I began to recognize I wasn't as excited going to my leader meetings as I used to be. I wasn't looking for someone to tell what I had learned like I did when I first went. And I began to feel like something's either wrong with me or something's wrong with the group. It felt weird because I'm like, I'm not feeling the way I used to feel. I'm not as excited as I used to be. Maybe I've outgrown this group. I began to think, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I need to be challenged somewhere else. What's, what's going on? And God convicted me. I even asked people who were a part of the group that I could talk to and say, well, what do you think? I, I, I don't know. Should I be a part anymore? Because I'm not getting what I feel that I used to get. And God just dropped something in my heart. The last time that I went to the group, he said, your role has changed. My role has changed. What does that mean? Well, now as to where I used to be the hungry student, now I actually have a voice at the table as to where I used to, I didn't feel that I did. So now I can begin to help people in a different way than I helped before. So it's not that I shouldn't be a part of the group anymore because I'm not being challenged at the level I was challenged at. It's you've grown. Now use that to help the other people in the group. We so quickly want to abandon things when all of the sudden we're not feeling the feelings we used to feel that we liked. Or the things that initially drew us in. Because your role will change as you grow. This happens in every area of our life naturally. Why would we think it would be any different spiritually or in our Christian walk? When, when you're young and, and, and you, you're, you turn 18 and you graduate high school, guess what? Change happens whether you want it to or not. You're not going to wake up Monday morning and go to school. What are you going to do now? When you get married... <laughs> 
your role changes. It's not that what you used to experience before was bad. It's just you can't stay there. I've changed. I have different responsibilities. I have a different role. If I tried to hold on to the comfort and security I developed in my singleness, I would never experience the joys of marriage. But now that I'm married, then what happens next? I begin to have kids. Everything changes. <laughs> you just thought that you had figured some things out in life, and then you have kids come along, and they mess it all up. <laughs> I had a pattern. I had, I had a schedule. I had a routine, and you just threw it all off. I like to sleep 12 hours a day. That's gone. Not happening after kids. Sleeping in on Saturday morning is like 6 o'clock in the morning maybe. But here's the thing. We adapt and we grow. We roll with it. We realize our role is different, do we not? When your kids grow up and they begin to move out of the house, your role changes. When you grow older together, you're looking at each other. We don't have kids anymore to take care of as, at the level that we needed to take care of them. My feelings are different. My understanding is different. Things have changed. What do I do now? My role has changed. I can either embrace it or I can try to hold on to what was. And it's the same thing that's true of church. It's the same thing that's true in your Christianity. It's not that all the excitement that you felt when you first came to Christ was bad or wrong. It's just you can't stay there. It's not that you need to find another church. It's not that you need to find a different pastor or leader that challenges you. It's your role perhaps have changed. Have you stopped to think about that? Perhaps I don't need to find a different group at this time. Perhaps my role has changed. Perhaps I don't need to necessarily completely give up and throw my hands up in the air. Perhaps I've grown to the place where my role has changed. Because now... I've grown, which that was kind of the goal anyways, right? So many people want to give up on church. So many people want to give up on God. So many people want to give up on so many different areas in their life because they're trying to recapture what they used to have. They want to try to recapture the feelings they used to feel. Well, I, I felt a certain way when I first came. I felt a certain way when I first served. I felt a certain way. And it was new and exciting and challenging and all these great things. That's great. That was awesome. But it's over. If you're still trying to dress your 17-year-old in their baby clothes, there's a problem. You don't have to dress them anymore, hopefully, at 17. You shouldn't have to do everything for them at 17. You shouldn't be changing their diaper. You shouldn't be making a bottle for them. You shouldn't be going to find their rattler and their pacifier at 17. Amen? Amen. And if there is, we have a program called Trek, and we would love to talk to you. It'll help you heal from the pain and the past of your wound. It's changed. It's not that that was bad, and it's not that where you are now is bad. It's that you've got to let some of that stuff go instead of trying to recapture everything that you used to have. Some people are like, I, I wish the church could be like it was back in the old days, back when we used to do this and this and this. Yeah, that was great. You've got to embrace the change, man. You've got to embrace the role that you're in now instead of trying to recapture yesterday. Because if you're trying to recapture yesterday, you're not going to grow. You're going to find somewhere that you are just having those warm fuzzies for a brief moment, and then you're going to get frustrated in that season of life too. So here's the thing. People get in a routine because they want comfortable, predictable. God is saying to you today that for you to grow to the next level, you're going to have to do something different. 
You've grown to where you are by doing what you've been doing, and praise God for that. But the worst thing that you could do now is get discouraged or frustrated because you aren't growing like you were before. So many people want to disconnect when they stop experiencing that new car smell. What if every time you lost that new car smell, you went out and brought, bought a new car? I mean, would that not be just the craziest thing ever? I mean, my son, when he took off his shoes in our car for the first time, new car smell gone. <laughs> well, honey, I guess we got to go get a new car. What if every time that it lost that new car smell, you went out and got it? You wouldn't do that. That's ridiculous. Nobody, they have a brain would do that. Even if you had the financial ability to do that, you still wouldn't do that. That's ridiculous. That's wasteful. Well, then why do we think that every time that new car smell is gone in an area that we were once challenged in, why do we get nervous about that? Why do we, why do we wonder, what, what's, why do we try to point fingers and, at all the things that we can't control and all the things that we're going, I, I, want, I want the comfort of what was. No, no, no. Your, what if your role is changing? What if it's that God is... And, and, and here's the other thing. I think a lot of times our natural seasons of life will parallel with the spiritual. I think that's very true. Because guess what? When I became a dad, something changed in me spiritually. I began to understand a little bit more of the heart of a father that I didn't understand before. I began to understand a different weight of responsibility. I, I began to understand something when my kids even got older and life changed and now they are a little bit more independent and they can do some things. And I've got to let some things go and kind of let them figure some things out. I, I had to learn some things. I learned more about the heart of the father. I learned some more things about myself. I learned how selfish I truly was when kids came along. Because <laughs> it was all about me and then all of a sudden I found out, no, this little person doesn't care about you getting what you need. <laughs> They want what they want. And then you see the selfishness of children. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can't believe that, 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 that those things were, were things that I used to think in ways that I used to always want it to be about. I mean, now I have to teach my children and lead them away from those natural tendencies of a fallen world to want to make it all about them. And I'm growing the whole time and my role is changing the whole time. And I'm not addressing things the way I used to address them because I've grown, because I've changed so I don't give up. I don't stop being a father. I just realize my role has changed. So here's the thing. There's natural seasons of life that force us to change. Why would we think that spiritual growth is any different? So here's the question. What's your role? What is your role? What is it? Because here's the thing. I don't care how young or old you are. You matter. I don't care how young or old you are. I don't care how experienced or inexperienced you are in your faith. You matter. You are significant. You have a purpose. You have value. And you have something God wants you to do. And he's created you and enabled you and gifted you to be able to do it. What's your role, though? What is your, what is your role at this time? Are you that excited guy that can't wait to get there and learn and gleam as you're being sharpened and developed? Or are you that person that maybe has been through a few things and now you have so much to offer that you need to recognize now it's time for me to find an avenue to be able to give? You see, you have gifts and experiences and resources and connections and networks and skills to offer to advance the kingdom of God. But for those things to fully be utilized, you've got to embrace the change. 
You've got to embrace the things that God is calling you to do. You have to embrace the gifting and the abilities and the knowledge you have gained. And you need to put it to use to help someone else. Because God does not develop us in order for us to sit on our gifts. Amen? Amen. The next level is you finding your role. How you help the local church you're called to. How you help accomplish what God has given us as a vision moving forward. What's your role? Take it even deeper. Take it beyond your church community and your church family. What's your role this year, 2016, as a husband, as a wife, as a son, as a daughter, as an employee, as an employer? What's your role as a grandparent or perhaps a great-grandparent? What's your role? What's your role as a church member? What's your role? What is God calling you to? This is where we're going, okay? Okay. Now, where do you fit? What's your role? What are you called to do? Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit wogcc.com.